God bless you, and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Imagine this scenario. Your mom walks into the kitchen and sees a mess on the floor, a very large mess. She looks at you and asks, who made this mess? You look at her very directly and say, it was the dog. In our wrongdoings, we oftentimes do not want to take the blame. We're always looking for someone else to take it for us. In today's episode, we find out that we are blessed with someone who willingly took our blame for our sin and the consequences. That someone was Jesus. There is a noble but very challenging profession in our school system, the position of the substitute teacher. If a teacher cannot perform their duties for whatever reason, a substitute arrives to do the job. In regard to our salvation and reconciliation to God, to say that we could not do the job is an understatement at best. We were dead in sin, without Christ, without God, and without hope in the world. Being our own Savior was out of the question. So God sent his only begotten Son to do it for us. Today's poem is entitled, Substitute. I never felt the pain of the nails in my hands, nor the whip upon my back, or the crown of thorns upon my brow, He felt them for me. He never walked astray or sinned, nor was he ever disobedient. It was for my offenses that the judgment fell on him. My sinful nature bound me and brought him low. It was my pain and my sickness that weighed upon him. Ungodly, a sinner, an enemy of God was I, and yet he loved me and he died for me. He became as I was, so I could be as he is. He was made sin, I was made righteous. He was bruised, I was healed. He died, I was made alive. I was quickened together, I was raised together. I was made to sit together with him at the right hand of God. In his substitution is my victory and salvation in his gift of love, my eternal life. To help us understand the subject of substitution, let us look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is the trade that was made. He took our sin so we could receive his righteousness. He was our sacrificial lamb. He died in our place. He took our guilt so we could receive his innocence. His reality has become our reality. His victory has become our victory. He did the work, but we get a share in the paycheck. One of the most emotional chapters for me to read is Isaiah 53. It is the record of what the Messiah would accomplish for Israel and for all humanity. We're going to pick it up in verse 1. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
for he shall grow up before him a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. This last verse, verse 4, says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. This again indicates his identity with us and an exchange between us. He has borne and he has carried our griefs and sorrows. More accurately, griefs should be understood as sickness and the word sorrows as pain, both mental and physical. The consequences of our sin, sickness, pain, and death came upon him. He is our complete Savior. Jesus willingly took our punishment upon himself. Sometimes when I take communion by myself at home, I ponder the verse Galatians 2.20. I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me to ponder that, to recognize that he loved me and gave himself for me, is staggering to me. He willingly became my substitute. We see his love and his substitution very clearly in verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He was wounded and bruised for our sin. He was chastised so that we could receive peace. It is by his beatings that we are healed. He was our offering, our sacrifice. He took our place in death so we could live. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. All were guilty before God. But God sent his only begotten son so that we might be reconciled. The Lord laid the burden of our sins on his son. A burden we could not carry and one we need no longer bear. It is through the sacrifice of Jesus that we have all the blessings of God. From now on, as you read the epistles, notice the phrases through or by Christ or by Jesus or by him. There are other similar phrases that indicate that our relationship and all we have came through Jesus as our offering. As Israel had a relationship with God based on their sacrifices, We also have a relationship with God based on the one-time sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53 shows the blessings that were bestowed on all humanity through the offering of the Messiah. It continues in verse 10. 
Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. For many years I was troubled by the phrase, It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Finally it dawned on me that what this suffering pleased was the justice of God. In the sacrifice of the Messiah, this offering for sin fulfills the law of the sin and trespass offerings. His shed blood paid for all sins, every last one of them, forever. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 25, it says, Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, big word for payment, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Jesus Christ, by his blood, paid the price so that we can have righteousness, so that our sins are remitted, they're paid for, and we no longer need to be bound by them. We continue in verse 11. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Again, there is the phrase, shall be satisfied. How could God be satisfied with the death of his only begotten son? Because Jesus Christ was the payment due to pay for our reconciliation. The Messiah's suffering brought about our justification. Continues in verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. The Messiah will divide the spoil with the great and strong, He poured out his soul for us. Though he was sinless, he was numbered with the sinners. However, as we confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we become partakers in the spoil. He paid the ultimate price for us, a price that sinful humanity would never be able to pay. As we look into the New Testament, we see a further explanation in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. This section of scriptures describes us in a few ways, none of them good. We were without strength, ungodly, sinners, and enemies. 
It starts out from bad and quickly moves to worse. First we were weak, then we were ungodly, we bore no resemblance to God, then we are described as being disobedient to God, and finally as enemies we are in direct opposition to him. At that point he sent Jesus to die as our substitute. Jesus was our replacement in death. Now by his blood we are justified, we are saved from wrath, we are reconciled, we are made whole, and we have received the atonement. Think of atonement as being at one. We no longer are bound by sin in our old nature. Jesus paid the price that we could never pay. He is our Savior, our Redeemer, our Deliverer. He is our Substitute. Israel was constantly reminded of their sin by the tabernacle at the center of the camp and by the need for continual sacrifice. But as we look to Jesus, we can be constantly reminded of his cleansing blood and our freedom from sin and death. We are no longer hopeless. We are now hopeful. He substituted for us in judgment, in punishment, and in death. Now we can take a place next to him at the right hand of God. And furthermore, we now substitute for Jesus in spreading the gospel of our Father. Now we are his witnesses, his ambassadors on earth. We are as he is. There are many accounts of heroes during wartime where someone took a bullet for someone else, where someone courageously pushes someone out of harm's way and paid the ultimate price themselves. Jesus is our hero. He took our place in death so that we can live. Recognize your freedom from sin this day. Do not hold on to any fault or failure of your past. Take it and place it at the foot of the cross, for it is there that Jesus paid the price and uttered, It is finished. Recognize today that there's nothing left but for us to thank Jesus and accept his gift of free life.